From the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda, Maryland, this is All About Grants. Hello, and welcome to another edition of NIH's All About Grants podcast. I'm your host, David Kossip, with the NIH's Office of Extramural Research. A real serious and long-standing issue exists within the biomedical research uh, enterprise, and that is sexual harassment. Sexual harassment, generally speaking, can be committed by anyone at any time and can include unwanted sexual advances, requests for sexual favors, or verbal or physical conduct of a sexual nature. And here at NIH, we are aiming to bolster our efforts to address this issue within our authority at all stages, including within the extramural research community. In February 2019, and leadership here at NIH released a strong statement, which we encourage everyone to read, that discusses our intent behind changing the culture of sexual harassment wherever NIH-funded research is conducted. And that's what brings us here today. We have with us Dr. Jody Black. She is the Deputy Director for the NIH's Office of Extramural Research. And she's going to be talking about the expectations that NIH has for assuring a safe and harassment-free work environment for all, as well as what institutions, investigators, and others in the community need to be aware of regarding the existing policies here at NIH, how to notify NIH with a potential issue, and what we do after hearing these notifications. Thank you for being with us, Jody. I'm sure. You're welcome. All right. Let's start off by having you first tell us a bit about what led NIH to make this statement in February 2019. So the statement was a statement of apology. It was uh, saying that we apologize for taking so long to acknowledge and address the climate and culture that has caused such harm. And the statement was really clear in acknowledging that sexual harassment in the sciences is morally indefensible and it's unacceptable. And it presents obstacles that are keeping women from achieving their rightful place in science. We are losing women to the scientific field because of this issue. And that is not good. And you know, this is not a new problem. Many of us have experienced this personally. And recently there was a, a milestone National Academy of Science and Medicine report that found between 20% and 50% of female students in science, engineering, and medicine have experienced some form of harassment, including sexual harassment from faculty and other staff. And more than 50% of faculty have indicated that they have experienced some form of harassment also. And there's a lot of increasing attention and energy around this issue in, uh, in general and in the scientific community. If you think of the Me Too movement and the Me Too STEM, and recently I read about a new movement that's called Do Better, all around issues of harassment and sexual harassment mitigation. And so we also know that women are about half of the assistant professors. However, they are underrepresented in leadership positions. And so we know that we don't have a pipeline problem, and we are assuming that, it, it, at least in part, that harassment issues are part of why women are not staying in science or making it to the top of the leadership positions in um, academia. So NIH is determined to collaborate with all of our communities to stop sexual harassment and all harassment and discrimination of any kind and help to facilitate awareness and drive the culture that's necessary to make these changes. Do you feel like this problem is worse in the sciences than elsewhere? Um, no, it's not worse. It's different. I mean, recently there was a case uh, in, in the newspaper about Walmart being on the receiving end of a gender discrimination lawsuit. So this is not a problem just for science, but it's really bad in medicine and engineering. It tends to be worse. 
Is it worth asking what sexual harassment is, or is it just something that you recognize when you see it? So, so let me just be clear that you know harassment and discrimination, of which sexual harassment is a component, um, is not just about women. It's it, it happens more frequently to women, but men can be victims too. And Harassment, as noted earlier, is unwanted sexual attention. That could be verbal or physical, coercion, you know, quid pro quo type of relationship development. And gender harassment is also a serious problem. That can be recognized as sexist hostility or put-downs, bias, very inappropriate comments that are often veiled in humor, uh, retaliation, and uh, women are generally made to feel unwelcome in these circumstances. All right, well, let's talk about accountability because that's an incredibly important part of this, and especially for people who just don't know where to go. If, if someone's feeling like they're not receiving justice, they may continue to endure the issue or leave it altogether. Uh, can you speak to this? Yes, we know that the impact of harassment has been very uh, negative on women. We have lost women. They have switched. They so often to avoid harassers, they switch labs or they just quit altogether. And that that is losing lots of opportunity and lots of time. So we need to protect folks from those kinds of situations. And so that's what NIH is trying to change now. It's not the intention for one's career to be an endurance test. So that's part of the reason why we issued such a strong public statement uh, where we in fact acknowledge that NIH has been part of the problem. You know, we've kind of been uh, perceived as uh, maybe justifiably as sort of sitting back and saying it's not really our problem, it's the institution's problem because it's the institution's employees. Um, and that is technically correct, but it's not right. And so we recognize that uh, as being the, the largest funder of biomedical research, we also have responsibilities to ensure that the environment where the research is happening is free of this kind of activity and it's conducive to high quality research. Actually, that is part of the grants policy statement. Um, the the uh, environment must be conducive to high quality work. And if somebody is scared all the time, uh, you, you can't do high quality work. So we're taking ownership of this at this point. So along the lines of ownership, what does it look like for NIH to <coughs> to be part of the solution? So we have decided that within our legal constrictions that we have, uh, that we're going to play a much larger role in identifying instances of harassment and acting on them. In the last year, we've become aware of dozens of harassment issues that are occurring in academia. And we find out either by the, the victims themselves or through anonymous complaints or a third party, and sometimes from the news, which is really the worst way for us to find out. But when we do find out, we take immediate action. We send letters to the Vice President for Research. We explain what we've heard. We, if we know the people involved, we list grants that they may be involved in overseeing. And we ask the institution to investigate the issues and respond to us with the results of their in investigation as well as with their policies and processes and their accountability activities. They are required to adhere to these issues. It's actually a requirement by law. Discrimination on the basis of sex is actually illegal. And so gender harassment is sexual harassment, which is illegal. So you started to touch on some of the requirements for institutions. Uh, can you tell us more about these? Like what are, can you be more specific? Um, so the requirements for institutions are laid out in our grants policy statement. And uh, we require that 
Every academic institution that receives funding from us has systems, policies, and procedures in place to manage research activities in accordance with those standards, which means they have to comply with federal laws, regulations, and policies that protect the rights and safety of individuals working on NIH-funded projects. And we need to see that there are assurances that they are in compliance with civil rights protections. This includes sexual harassment. So we asked that the grantees must have certified that they have on file with the Office of Civil Rights an assurance of compliance with the statutes described in the Civil Rights Protection uh, Provision. And you may know the Office of Civil Rights is responsible for enforcing federal civil rights laws, and it provides resources to agencies and to grantees to address concerns regarding potential violations. So from the institution side, what does it actually look like for them to inform NIH? So we expect institutions to proactively notify us of any changes in a grant award. For example, if, a, if they have an issue with a principal investigator or other senior key personnel on the award where they have to make some changes, they need to notify us immediately and they need to request approval to make those changes. If an administrator at an institution has to take disciplinary action, for example, based on a charge or a finding of harassment, and those disciplinary actions could look something like restricting access to campus or to a laboratory space, or restricting ability to interact with students, or placing the principal investigator on an extended administrative leave where they cannot perform their duties on the campus, all of those restrictions should be immediately reported to NIH because that means they can no longer serve in their rightful capacity as the principal investigator, and the institution needs to request permission to change the principal investigator. And uh, NIH will work very closely. The goal is to help the institution change the PI, so NIH will work very closely with the institution to do that. But, you do, but the institutions do need to seek advanced approval, and those requests should be submitted to their grants management officer. As a follow-up to that and in alignment with that, NIH has certain expectations that, in that institutions do under these circumstances and to prevent harassment. We expect the institutions to develop and implement policies and practices that foster a harassment-free environment, to maintain clear and ambiguous professional codes of contact, to ensure that all their employees are fully aware and regularly reminded of applicable laws, regulations, policies, and codes of conduct to be in compliance with the Office of Civil Rights Title IX requirements, to provide an easy process to report sexual harassment, and to provide protection from retaliation. That's very important. We expect institutions to respond promptly to any allegations to ensure the immediate safety for all of those involved and to investigate the allegations and take appropriate actions and sanctions if necessary and to inform NIH of any of these administrative actions. And as soon as you know an action is going to take place, we need to know right away. We need to know even before you've made a final decision. We'll help you work through the issues. And in addition, any recipients of conference grants, those are R13 grants, we must see that uh, the funding must take steps to maintain a safe and respectful environment for all attendees. And back to the statement that NIH leadership released, it, it, it encouraged folks to notify NIH if there is a concern about sexual harassment affecting a NIH-funded project. 
Uh, can you speak to this more? How can they notify us? So there's a couple of ways. So they're, if their institutional officials are aware, they should contact their NIH grants management officer about the impacted awards, and they should request a change in either by the principal investigator or any senior key personnel or to notify us of any issues impacting the award at all. Any concerns about any issue impacting an award, they should let us know. We'll help work through it. We will not try to take the award away. There's a couple of other ways individuals who are experiencing a harassment can contact us. We have a publicly available ma mailbox called grantyharassment at od.nih.gov and uh, individuals can send information to that mailbox anonymously. But we do need the names of the folks in question or of concern because that's the way we'll tell the institutions they have to do an investigation. We also have a, 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 a web form that's available that you can find on the um, anti-sexual harassment website in NIH. If you Google that, you'll come to the face page with a big blue button that says Find Help. And if you click on that, you can navigate to a web form where, again, you can fill in the questions there anonymously. But we ask that you give us enough information about the offender so that we can ask the institution to do a good investigation. But as soon as we learn of, a, of an allegation of any type, we're going to react and we're going to send a letter to the Vice President for Research and ask for information and ask for policies and processes. So before we go, would you like to leave uh, our audience with any final thoughts on this issue? So I'd like to let you know that this is just the beginning. You know, we've set up an advisory committee to the NIH director to help make recommendations on how what else NIH can do to change the culture and to end sexual harassment. Final recommendations are expected uh, in December. And we expect these recommendations will reinforce the goals that have been identified internally. We'd like to see a demonstration of accountability and transparency. We expect to be clarifying expectations for institutions and investigators to ensure a safe workplace and inform the agency. We'd like to ensure we're providing clear channels of communication with us at NIH. And we want to make sure we're listening to victims and survivors and incorporating their perspectives into any future actions. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Jody, and greatly appreciate this opportunity to hear more about this issue. And to reiterate a couple points that she raised earlier, please do not hesitate to contact us and uh, about uh, any potential issues related to sexual harassment affecting an NIH-funded activity. You could do so via grantee-harassment at od.nih.gov or via our web form available on our anti-sexual harassment website. This has been David Cossip with NIH's All About Grants. Thank you very much. <laughs>